Doobie doobie doobie. Wow, my name is Angel. Oh, oh, hey. Um, welcome, travelers. I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Uh, Wingover is just over there. He's talking to a few more associates. Seems he's bringing in these Battle Bards people uh, each day. Why don't you uh, go over there and see what he's up to? And then I said, surprise, it's a beholder. And they laughed, and we laughed, and the beholder laughed, and oh, it was all funny, but the beholder did eat all of them, and I just managed to get out of there with my life. But yeah, that's that's how I graduated from Bardic College, and uh, yeah, I, you could do this too, I'm just saying. Oh, travelers, welcome. Yes, I was just telling uh, the... A few people here from Battle Bards about some old college day stories, you know how it is. You probably notice I'm dragging these Battle Bards people in here every now and then, and that's because I'm doing a little bit of an internship, showing them the ropes, you know. What bad information to give adventurers, how you can sell things to people who don't really need them, and uh, you know, Cheating and rolling the dice and all, it's all the good stuff, you know, just being a bard. You know, if you feel like having these magical sounds and interesting things like fireballs happening or holding spells or hypnosis even, then why don't you head on over to battlebards.com and use the promotion code BALLAD7DICE. That's BALLAD the number 7 and DICE and RECEIVE. 15% off. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Oh, I didn't even introduce the interns. This here is Singing Dave. Say hello, Singing Dave. Hello. And this is Singing Dave Part 2. Say hello, Singing Dave Part 2. Hello. Wait a minute. Are you saying that you both are called Singing Dave? Why are you... Why is one part two? I lost a bet. Oh. Alright, whatever. Anyways, Traveler, we have another review I want to share. This one is from the grand people over at Modified Roll, another bardic group. They say, Dark and intriguing, five stars. D&D with a Lovecraftian twist uses the D&D 5E system, but with some interesting mechanics and a dark and bloody story. Full of action and character development and gore, it is sure to satisfy the more intense listener. Some audio issues initially, but the story more than makes up for it with well-developed villains who really make you hate them, and interesting characters to explore. Absolutely recommend. Give them a chance! Exclamation mark! Mmm, absolutely, eh? You can tell that a bard wrote this, eh? Wink wink. But that is definitely a group you should check out, and stay to the very end, for we have a special promotion from Modified Rail. Where do we last leave off? Oh yes, they had just gotten some information, Borodon uses some freaky dicky powers, and Ronnie has a date he found on a piece of skin, which is probably the weirdest way to set up a date. Unless you're into that kind of thing, but still pretty weird. Oh, and they get to meet Lance T. This is a good one. I hope you all enjoy it, for now I proudly present to you The Case of Erin Bordeaux, Part 2.
Hi, I'm Robert. I'm playing MZ, the third level Get Yankee Ranger. Hey, my name is Humberto, and I play Dordan, the level 3 Dwarven Cleric. Hi, my name is Brent. I am playing Kelsar, the level 3 Tiefling Paladin. This is Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the third level Half Elf Bard. So where we last left you guys, you had just uncovered some information leading towards Ronnie's hot date at 11 o'clock at night, as well as you finding out information about Aaron Bordeaux. And after doing an augury, you found there will be both good and bad results searching for him in the maze. Bordon discovered that he had powers to manipulate time, whereas Ronnie discovered he had powers to twist reality. And I will send you more of the results. Evan, you'll be able to use that power once per day. So for the day, you've already used it. And then I'll send you, because there's a, a lot of details on it, like certain items you can manipulate, how much space, that kind of stuff. Can I reach into people? Yeah. Okay, then I need to start researching well, medicine. What? <laughs> yeah, you could do some real fucked up stuff with this, but... It's just a ton of vasectomies. Oh, God. <laughs> snip, snap, snip, snap. He's just going to use it on himself first. Yeah, he's like, all right, no babies coming from here anymore. I already got one See, kid. That's exactly why I said, what a power to give Ronnie. I know. So, um, Bordon and I are going to go to the maze. And as we, as we leave, uh, we use our white stones the communication stones we have yep. and we radio to them that that is what we are doing and we are investigating Aaron Bordeaux. So you guys hear this and it it's like an echoey voice that comes through your stones in your pockets and you can clearly hear what's going on. A few people look your way when they hear this coming from your stone and then they just keep walking. Do you, do you guys want to come with us? I repeat we are investigating Aaron <laughs> Bordeaux. <laughs> All right, MZ. So, we just got a letter from uh, for a meeting down at the public soon at 11 p.m. P.m. as in like night. Yes, in, at night time. Okay, so maybe we could do like this maze thing first, and then we could all go, you know, together in this meeting date that you are like telling us are we gonna have enough time right now it's about probably closer to one in the afternoon okay so you have about 10 hours before you need to be there okay yeah we'll meet up with you guys there okay as you guys are walking through the town both of you you both see that every so often you see someone flag down a carriage and they actually like talk to the person where they want to go give them a couple silver and take off you see, that is a service in this town, if you know where you want to go. Why don't we use that uh, service there, Ronnie? Sure. So you guys flag down a carriage, and there's this older man on top of there. He's got the, you know, the giant hat and everything. He's a scraggly-looking beard. Where are you going? To the maze. Ah, maze, Please. eh? All right. That'll be two silver. All right. I got this. Alright, so you hop on in, hand him the cash, 
and you feel that horse going. And MZ and Bordon, you also see this service being used. So, do you want to go, I don't know, using like this chariot or something? If you would like to. Uh, let's see how much is it, because I don't know, maybe it would be good if we don't spend much time, you know, on the streets. Maybe we could just go straight there. Oh, yeah, I just call, you know, like this thingy. Yeah, so one stops with a dwarven woman. She looks down. Hey, where you want to be? Those are fancy arms. Thank you. Uh, we need to go to the maze. You got it, priest. Hop on in. So how much is it? Two silver. Sounds good, I guess. It's how much Ronnie, like, gains by hour, so I think it's fine. So you toss her the cash, and she takes off. Whereas Kelsar and Ronnie's ride is comfortable, and you're getting there at a pretty good speed. You guys are like a bat out of hell, and she's just ripping to the maze. And you can't quite pick up the streets you're going down. You go through a number, you see that you leave the temple district, you guys enter the temple district and leave it, and you see that you're going through a few residential streets until you get to this place that, as further you go along, the houses seem to be crammed closer and closer together until the point where it looks like those cities where they have apartments that stretch up really high and there's like the clothing lines strung across, things like that. And it's just a very cobbled together, smushed up area of the town. You see a lot of people walking in and out of there. Some of the, you know, you do not see anyone with noble clothing going in and out by any means. Some people kind of looking you up and down, especially bored on when they see his arms glinting in the sun. All right, here you go. I take my coin, for my my bag of gold, and I put it on an inside pocket of my studded leather armor. Okay. That's fair. Very shortly after, you guys are just getting a look at your surroundings, another carriage pulls up, and Kelsar and Ronnie come out. Thank you for the ride. Yep. And he takes off. So yeah, thank you, lady. Yeah, and she's she's gone. <laughs> so, okay, guys. What's plan? Yep. What's going on? I have no idea, which is not very good to say when you are a seer. But um, well, we're looking for Aaron Bordeaux. Ronnie, why don't you? Uh... Why don't you work that charm of yours and see if you can find anyone who knows Aaron? Uh, yeah, sure. What do I uh, What do I see here, Lucas? So you see a lot of people walking back and forth. You see, of course, a group of guys who are crouched. And they are they're doing that crouch thing where they're not quite on the ground, just on the balls of their feet. Mmm, slab of crouch, yeah. You have guys leaning against walls, like a forty-five degree angle. And you have just, you know, there's groups of kids that are playing around, throwing rocks and sticks at each other, as crazy children do. You have a number of people sort of, like, haggling over wares that one guy's showing out of his coat. You have some people that just look like they're carrying groceries into the maze. Alright, I'm going to uh, go with the slabs. Okay. I'm going to try and do the crouch. <laughs> I want to roll to see if I can do it properly, yeah. Yeah, roll me a performance. Precious like. <laughs> this should be his skill. He's a bard. Performance is his thing. 16. 
Nice. Yeah, you got a good crouch going. <laughs> they look at you and uh, they sit down like, Hey, what do you want then, huh? You guys know about uh, Aaron Bordeaux. What's it to you? Well, I got uh, two silver. Anyone can tell me where he is. Everyone's got two silver. You got two gold? You guys uh, like tobacco? Yeah. They're just staring at you now. Like, they're just... like They're looking at your clothing, your hair. But I uh, give you a bit of this tobacco. Two silver and tell me where he is. Uh, roll me a persuasion. Six. How about you give me three gold, your shoes, I'll tell you everything you know. What size shoes you wear? What are those? Huh? Those look fancy. Alright, I'm gonna uh, cast Charm Person. Nice. It's cool that we spend a lot of our spells, you know, in like <laughs> trifling things. <laughs> It's good we so, use them on. It's good we use our spells on threats like civilians yeah, and homeless no, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you cast charm person. It's charm person. I'm not gonna use it on like a goblin. Charm person. I mean, be good. So you cast it, and uh, his eyes glaze over for a second. Oh, my closest friend. How are you? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not doing too good. I need to find out where this Aaron Bordeaux guy is. You haven't seen him around, have you? Oh, Aaron Bordeaux? Nah, I haven't seen him in a couple months. He got some big gig. Wouldn't even let us in on it. Hey, you seen Aaron? One of them's like, I ain't seen shit. I'm not a goddamn cop. Yeah, I saw him yesterday. <laughs> the fuck didn't you leave with that? Fuck. <laughs> Just like slaps him on the side of the head. I saw him, he's all drunk and strung out or something. I don't know, he's just, uh, he's way in. He's staying at one of those boarding houses. Alright, thanks for your trouble. Yeah, I'd, anything for my best friend. <laughs> hey, uh, why don't you uh, come with us and uh, pay him a visit? Oh my... Yeah, you know what, that sounds like the best idea I ever heard. Alright, boys, let's, right. let's go. <laughs> no, Ronnie, that wasn't part of the plan. That's Steve part two. <laughs> well, now we got him in. <laughs> so funny. Uh, guys, guys get answer the door for us. <laughs> So you see these five guys got how long does your spell last, Ronnie? Uh that's a good question. I don't actually know. <laughs> this is super important. I love Half how Ronnie minute. can't make it anywhere <laughs> without getting followers. Like he just <laughs> needs people. <laughs> and it's not like people that actually want to follow him. It's just like people that he has to charm in order to follow him. Never useful people either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a like a farmer who doesn't know shit. Now it's the homeless. Oh shit! This lasts an hour. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, these guys are walking along, like, four of them seem really... Hey, uh, what's your name? Hey, my name's Lance. Hey, Lance, you wanna hear a song? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. No! Ronnie, play some of that good stuff. <laughs> what instrument are you playing that you can walk with? <laughs> Pulling up that loot. <laughs> the loot? Okay. You wanna roll performance while you're walking? Oh, no, Ronnie, don't. Please. 
asking I'm really for a low profile. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry I asked him to do this. 19. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, first off, it's actually really good. But oh. secondly, that's the issue. People are coming out of their house to come hear Ronnie play as he's going past. People going, oh wow, look at that guy with the weird hair. <laughs> hear another one go like, oh man, that music, it's just, it's real something, isn't it? And everybody's watching Ronnie go by. You actually get like a bit of a crowd following you, and like some of them are dancing. And so much for a love profile. Yeah. And now you're in the middle of this crowd. That it's almost like a bit of a street party. They're just coming with you. Some people are drinking. Some people are like doing the dance, all that. And it's everybody's having a great time while Ronnie's just jamming out. And of course, Lance is having an amazing time with his new best friend. So you guys go and you get to this one boarding house and you see the door looks really ratchety the doorknob looks like it's almost about to fall off a few of the windows are broken and it has about three stories yeah just saw him he's like uh, just up there they're all strung out i don't know i don't want him to bite me or something stop being a coward he just like backhands his friend this is for ronnie <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay okay jeez Think you could uh, bring him down there? Yeah, we'll we'll get him for you. Don't you worry. So knocking on the door. Hey, Aaron! Aaron! And they keep knocking. Son of a bitch ain't answered. He's probably passed out. Come on, let's go upstairs. So they just open up the door. There's no lock on it. If there was, it was destroyed long ago. And you guys are going up these creaky stairs, and you go past a few areas. Great, guys. Great. Thank you for... Showing up to Ronnie's performance. We can't leave now. The crowd's just super disappointed outside. No, no, no we, oh. we've got work to do. Ronnie will be back later. Hey, you hear that? His name's Ronnie. Ronnie's real good. They're all talking outside. And you hear his name being uttered all over the place. Super low profile. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you go upstairs. Very subtle. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I probably shouldn't have mentioned his name, but okay. They knock on this one door where the other ones seem open and there's no one inside them and there's one that's locked and they're knocking on it. Like, it seems to be locked to something. You still in there, Aaron? And they're just knocking on it. One guy goes, Aaron, it's a city guard. He's knocking really hard on it. Suddenly the door opens up and like this head pokes out. He's like, I didn't do nothing. And he's like, oh, fuck you guys. What? Who are these people? This is Ronnie, my best friend, and he's looking for you. He's uh he's got the door cracked open a little bit. Yeah. In or out? Like he had to open the like which way did he open the door? In? Yeah. I'm gonna make a strength check and boot that door as hard as I can to send him back. Fucking love Sally. Man, this is getting real like detective business. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I feel like oh, everything man. should be black and white, and you guys should all be in, like, those dusters. It's raining outside. No. Oh. What'd you get? I five. All right, let's see his strength against you. So you go. <laughs> MZ goes to kick the door, and uh, one of the guys was, like, reaching over to, like, pass one of his friends a cigarette. Or like just 
uh, I guess, a pipe because nobody has cigarettes. And MZ gets kind of knocked when he tries to kick the door, and he just kind of hits it with the side of his foot. And it just kind of, like, jiggles a little bit. And Aaron looks over at MZ like, what the fuck's that for? <laughs> Who are these hey, people? Uh, why don't you guys break that door down? It's Ronnie. <laughs> no. We're not getting them yeah, killed. You got it, Ronnie. <laughs> hey, Aaron, you better move the way from that fucking door. Or we're going to break it down with your face in it. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he opens it up. Jeez, man. Lance, what's with you? You never liked this. I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling real angry today, okay? Does he look like Marky Mark or something? Yes, he looks exactly <laughs> like Marky Mark. That's who I have in my oh, head. <laughs> I know, that's I'm thinking of the movie Ted right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you boys stay outside. Me, Ronnie, and his friends, we're going to go in there. You just hang out here. Get the fuck back in there, Aaron. And like push him in. You guys come in here, and the walls are all covered in bits of paper. And all these pieces of paper are blank. There's like old pieces of paper, newer pieces of paper, and they're all blank and they're all tacked up to the wall. You see there is, uh, on the table, there's a little bit of like powder residue, and you see a couple empty bottles of alcohol and half a bottle of whiskey. And you see Aaron looks thin, like very thin, hasn't eaten much. And he looks very distraught. His eyes are constantly darting towards the door and then darting towards you guys. Aaron, what the hell happened to you? It's that fucking cult. When I see that, I'm actually gonna shut the door. And if it has a lock on it, I'm gonna lock it. When I see him look like that. So you go ahead and lock the door. He looks even more nervous now. So what, you with the cult? We're not with the cult. What do you know about them? How the fuck do I know you know with the cult? Show them the receipt. We found this in Geltzbar. Okay, so I just show them. Uh, he looks at it, he looks it over, hands it back to Bordon. Yeah, yeah, we took that We took that job. The cult hired us to take that job to go do shit for that mayor. What did the cultists want you to do? Yeah, what was the job? Kill. Kill goblins. Kill townsfolk, cause chaos, make it look like the goblins did it. It was it was money, right? It was goblins, whatever. And a couple farmers, sometimes people die. It happens. But here's the fucking thing. I do that mission and I we come back, we get our reward. All my friends start going missing. Five of them went out on horses to try to get away from the city, haven't heard from them since. Like, do you have an idea what like those cultists wanted to accomplish with that? Who knows, those people are crazy as shit. So why the hell would you take the job? Because it was 2,000 gold. 2,000 gold? Uh. People here make like 10 gold in a year. Okay, yeah, seems fair. So innocent people had to die because you wanted to fill your pockets. Yeah, sometimes us poor people have to do shit, huh? Like murdering a- But look at you in that fancy armor. That armor could probably feed everyone here for a year. What do, you, what do you know about the cult? Who hired you? Um, some old guy came up. He, uh, looking sick. He's got jaundice or something. White beard? Nah, it's gray. Gray beard. Matthews. Do you have a name? Nah, he wouldn't say anything. But he had a lot of gold. He paid us some up front. Do you? What's on these papers? He's pointing at all the walls around here. 
Can I do an insight check, maybe? Yeah. Eleven. You can tell he's frightened. He's legitimately terrified right now. Mm. What's on those papers? Uh, I, I'm, oh, I, I should have meant, like, an insight check on the papers. Oh, they're all blank. Every paper's blank. Oh, so there's nothing missing. Can I make, like, a religion? Yep. What are you trying to do, exactly? Like, what are you thinking? I don't know, just to see if... Uh, maybe it would be more of a, like, to sense magic, but not necessarily, like, magic. It's more of a... Because he, he's sort of afraid of those papers that are, you know, scattered everywhere. Are you trying to see if it's, like, maybe related to a ritual or something? Yes, yeah. Maybe it's, like, positioned in a, like a specific way, you know, or maybe I, I can feel something, you know, like, emanating from those papers. Sure, roll me a religion. So I got 12. It's not any ritual, at least that you know of. It looks like these are all just, they've been put up haphazardly around the room. It's what somebody would do with, like, a lot of clues or something. Like, if you had a lot, you're trying to make, like, that vision board or something. Oh, okay. But they're all blank. So they're not connected or anything like that? You see sometimes, like, there's a piece of string that, like, leads to another one, stuff like that. But he's he's pointing these papers and looking at you guys. So can I make, like, an investigation? Yeah. If any of you guys want to do that as well, you can. So I'll make all the tests. So I got 20. <laughs> Fuck. Six. So you guys are looking around. You can't really see anything until, Bordon, you come across one paper. It's a little bit older than all the rest. Mm -hmm. Like, it's starting to get yellowed mm -hmm. from a lot of the humidity, probably smoke in this room, stuff like that. But you can just barely see, at one point, there was writing on this paper, but there's nothing there. Can I just revert it? Make it, like, whole again? Uh, you want to use your domain spell for the day? Yes. Sure. So that's what I'll do. I try to... You know, like, repair the paper. Make me a spellcaster check. Because you feel like you're fighting against something right now. 19. So you're going, and you're holding on to this paper, and you guys see writing slowly starting to form again on this paper, and Bordon's hands are shaking, and this wind starts picking up. And this wind is cold, and it's damp. And it almost makes you feel sick while Bordon's holding onto this paper and it, the further and further he gets a name slowly starts appearing. You get Tom down on the paper and this wind is picking up so much all the papers are ripping off the walls. They're going around you. Aaron is screaming and his head's between his legs. You all are starting to feel incredibly ill. And then the four of you hear a voice come over your orbs saying your spell stops, the writing disappears. And you all are currently sickened for six minutes. You take minus two to your actions. What the hell was that? It's the fucking... It's the fucking things, man. Every name of my friend, I wrote them on papers, I found papers. They all disappeared. So Who's this Tom guy? Who? Tom? I can't remember any of their names. They're all gone. Oh, okay. I might have some unfortunate news for you. We might have run into some of your friends on the way here. What? 
they were consumed in a ritual. You see, he just sits down onto the ground. And as he sits, he looks up. I don't... I don't want to disappear. Aaron, it's not too late. It's not too late for you to make different choices in your life. I know you've made some very bad choices, but... You can... You can make things right. He murdered a lot of people. I don't know. Did that... That base we were at? Or, well, it, I guess I... I don't really know. I was gonna ask if they had, like, a, a holding cell or something like that there. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you never asked. Uh, Aaron looks up at you, he looks at Lance. Lance, I gotta... I gotta get out of this. I know, man, it's... It's fucking you right up. You gotta get out. If you come with us to the Chosen Headquarters, and you tell them everything you know, everything you've done, they might go easy on you. But I can't guarantee that, for sure. Can you protect me from those things? I don't know. I can't say they will or I can't say they won't. But you have a choice. You have a chance to make a better choice in your life. He holds out his hand to you. Not many people would forgive for what you've done. I haven't. But that doesn't mean that you can't be better. It means you can change, but you, you need to want to change. Yes. I do. I want to get out of this. I'll be good, I swear. Do you help him up? I pulled out my hand and I help him up. So you go to reach for his hand, and as your hand clasps his, your hand goes through his. How? And you look down as his hand is fading out. And he's looking down at his hand in horror. You see Lance look over at his hand. What? And he... No, what's going on? Just shouts like, no, what the... F what the fuck is that? What the and he... Lance runs at the door and he's like trying to bang, trying to rip it open. And he just... He keeps fumbling with the lock and freaking out. And he goes and he dives for the window. Oh. Do any of you do anything? Uh, can I do an athletics check to maybe like stop him from jumping out the window? Yep. Or catch him? So, are they, like, disintegrating just, like, on Thanos? Ronnie, can you do anything? One sec, let's do Kalsar's check, and then we'll... Oh, fuck. Five. So Kalsar goes to run for him, but he's too fast. And he takes off. Kalsar dives to grab on to Lance, but Lance wiggles out of his grasp and jumps. Smashing through the window, falling oh. three stories, and you hear this splat. No! Oh. The ground. Damn it! And you hear Aaron. What? What's happening? What is this? And you see it's going up to his elbows now. What is? What's happening? And bored on that note in your hand, that receipt, you see the A slowly start disappearing off of it. Shoot. Okay. What do you guys do? I think we should just leave. <laughs> I mean, what can we do? I don't know. Not that my not that my character knows that Ronnie can do anything, and I don't even know if he can do anything. But can you do anything, Ronnie? Because you can change, right? Ronnie, do you try to do something? I write his name back on the note. Do anything. You gonna try it? Yeah. Roll me a caster check. Twenty. Twenty. So you see. As he's writing down, you see sparks are coming off of the quill. You see there's this crackling energy around Ronnie. When you look at him, you know how 
with a mirage. There are heat waves. It looks like there's water up the road when it's really hot and driving. With Ronnie, it looks like there's waves around him. And it goes from his look. He's in the, the new clothes that the Order has given you. Uh, those boots that he's taken. His pompadour. And it changes. And Ronnie suddenly looks like a doctor. He has a crisp, clean coat on. He has glasses that are just sitting on the bridge of his nose, and he's writing with a ballpoint pen. And you see he's writing, and these sparks are flying around him. And through this weird, crackling energy around him, you can see all the names on the papers that are still hanging on the wall. He's writing it, and you see his arms start coming back up. And it's starting to actually go up to his wrist now. And Ronnie keeps penning, and then it suddenly changes, and he's a very old man now. You see he's got a short beard, his hair slicked back, he's in this very dapper jacket, and he's now writing it. He has a quill once more, but this is like a gilded quill. He looks very well off and refined as he's writing this name. Then, with this loud crack, everything goes white. Aaron is sitting there, looking down at his hands once more. This name has been written out. Ronnie, you are absolutely exhausted, but you're back to your old self. And you didn't notice whenever you were changing. This room is so fucked up! <laughs> Welcome to our daily lives. Is everyone okay? He was just an old man! Aaron, that this isn't the le- This isn't even the worst that's been happening. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I just want to go before they try to get me again. That's one of the smartest choices you've made today. So you go to open up the door. You take the latch off that NZ had placed to lock the door. And when you open it up, it's been very loud in here. Whether it was the crackling energy around Ronnie or the whirlwind that Bordon was summoning while he was trying to reverse the note. You look out into this short little hallway that's basically almost a stairwell. There's just little landings to the doors. And there's blood everywhere. You see the four guys who are with Lance are all over. And there's one key thing that you notice while looking at the ripped off arms or the bodies that are ripped in half. All of them are missing the contents of their head. And just at the stairbase, Someone was just about to leave, and they look up, and you see it's a half-orc. He has blood all over him. He looks right at MZ, who's looking down. Heretic. The Chosen of Blood. You have been chosen to kill our mother, and I will not let that happen. And you see as his bottom jaw splits open, to the side and his upper cheekbones rip back and four purple tentacles come out of this opening and I need initiative. Get ready for a fight guys. So I feel like it should be like more unsettled by everything that's happening but what I'm saying is uh, like my character was thinking about that because I saw like a gruesome scene but it wasn't unsettled. You know, I was always pushing forward. Since we've got this symbol, mm-hmm. every time, like, because you've seen gross scenes. You've you've worked as a cleric, you were raised, you've had to work on cadavers, and it, 
it grossed you out at first, as it would any young person. You've seen people get injured, and it's always bothered you, but since those symbols, this stuff's just what it is. But it's different, right? I mean, a war wound, and uh, maybe a guy that's... Even though like the disease may be horrible, what I'm seeing right in front of me is a room full of blood and pieces, like body pieces everywhere. But yeah, I do understand that with the symbol, I'm sort of shooted. My mind is more resilient. You still notice that everyone else around you, like Lance, for example, have been losing it. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I was, I mean, it doesn't make any sense anymore because we are about to enter like the battle. But after the battle, that's what I'll do. I'll just ask the group. We have been just through hell and our minds seem sane still. But anyway, yeah. Let's, let's punch people. <laughs> Kelsar, what'd you get? Uh, 11. Enzi? 7. Bordon? 11. Dwarven legs. Ronnie? 8. Oh, wow, you guys are so good. <laughs> hey, man, I got good rolls when counted. Mm -hmm. Kelsar and Bordon, who has the higher dexterity? Uh, probably Bordon. <laughs> I have 12. I have 10. Okay. Seriously? Yep. It starts off with the half-orc hybrid thing. So, MZ, you've seen people turning into a lithid. You've watched, uh, you've seen explanations about this. You saw it happen to the Githyanki that you met in the Underdark. This isn't a hybridization okay. in that sense. He's not being turned. He's been grotesquely combined. He leaps up these stairs, taking like six stairs at a time, kicking off the walls. His actions incredibly inhuman. Who is the closest to the stairwell? Uh, I don't know. Who actually opened the door? I think we said Kelsar. Yeah. He rushes up the stairwell, kicks off the wall, and he slams his leg right at Kelsar. <sighs> and you take. 10 points of damage as ah! this kick hits you, and you hear just this wham in your head as it sends you stumbling back a couple feet. And then he levels himself down into a pose that's very comfortable. Like you can see that he's in a fighting style, and he's very used to unarmed combat. And it goes to Borodon. I'll cast Protection from Evil on Kelsar. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so I just cast on him. So I have to touch him, like, I touch, like, on his shoulder, and I say, let's do this. Thank you, my friend. So they have disadvantage on you when they're rolling against you, and you can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed. So, Kelsar, you feel this bolstering strength as you see this warm glow appear around you from below ah! and such. You look down at this creature, and it is now your turn. I am going to use Wrathful Smite. Okay, so Wrathful Smite. Uh, next time you hit with a melee weapon attack during the spell's duration, your attack deals an extra 1d6 physical damage. Additionally, if the target is a creature, it must take a wisdom saving throw or be frightened or in frightened of you until the spell ends. As an action, the creature can make a wisdom check against your spell, save DC to steal its resolve and end the, and, and the spell. Okay, so roll to hit. 13. So you go, your blade glows. Be purged by fire! Right when you say that, suddenly around your blade, it has the normal glowing holy energy for your Wrathful Smite, and suddenly you see this blue flame completely coat it, and you slash 
and you roll your damage with an extra 1d6 fire damage. Okay, so four plus, okay, so I do eight damage with my regular attack, and then I have two 1d6? Yep. Nine. So nine damage in total? Yeah. So you slash across, and he screeches. He takes a couple stairs back as this holy flame coats across him. And now, twice per day, you can coat your blade in the flames of Yagditha, adding 1d6 fire damage. And that lasts for three rounds. Nice. He screams, and he looks down at this singed mark on him, and it goes to Ronnie. Uh, I'm just going to poke at him with the sword. Sure. So you just kind of hop down the stairwell a little bit. Because Kelsar is blocking the the entry to the stairwell, and then there's stairs behind him. You can jump over the railing if you want If I jump over the railing, am I landing on top of him with my sweet sword? You can, if you want. Alright, we're going to try and fail miserably. You're going to stab yourself. What's that attack in Assassin's Creed? Or the thing where he jumps into the hay? Dive? Oh, oh like a big swan dive thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So I want you to make me an, an acrobatics check, and if you succeed, then roll me your attack with a plus two. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Five. All right. <laughs> so here's what happens. Ronnie goes to get up onto the railing, and imagine you're like trying to stand on it and jump off and stab with your rapier, right? Yeah. So he goes to get onto the railing, and he's not as young as he used to be. And he starts swinging his arms, you know, that thing where you're trying to balance yourself, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And it looks like he's going to fall forward on the guy, but then Ronnie just (laughs) sees this happening, and he puts a lot of his weight towards his back, and he just falls onto the floor onto his back. And the wind's just knocked out of you. Well, that's how I expected that to go, so... (laughs) It could have been so much worse. You could have fallen down three flights of stairs if you rolled a one. (laughs) You could just imagine... <laughs> With a rapier in your hand. Yeah, it would get paraplegic, and then we would have to, you know, like roll him everywhere. Everywhere. He would be your uh, like. Like uh, Xavier. Xavier, yeah. yeah. Oh god, I can't imagine him with Xavier. That's so good. MZ, your go. So you just saw Ronnie. He's laying on the ground now. Okay, so there's the door. This beast came in, hit Kelsar. Yeah, he's on the stairs, Kelsar's at the front of the stairs, and there's a railing that you can use to jump behind the creature to attack him. Okay, Borodon will be right up in front of the creature too, because he touched Kelsar for that spell? Yeah, he's like near Kelsar, but Kelsar's sort of taking up the front. And then Ronnie's laying on the ground there as well? Yeah, and Aaron is cowering. I'm going to just stay where I am for a second, and I'm going to cast... Hunter's Mark, and I will draw my my swords after that, make them appear in my hand. That creature is probably an aberration, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you have like the sweetest uh, uh, perk. Hunter's Mark is a bonus action, so you cast that and you draw your swords. And your swords are a free action for you to summon. Is there anything you want to do? Yeah, I also want to do my planner warrior thing too then. If it's a bonus action, it's a new ability that I got. It says at third level, you learn to draw on the energy from the multiverse to augment your attacks. As a bonus action, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The next time I hit that creature, 
with a weapon attack, all damage dealt by the attack becomes force damage, and the creature takes an extra 1d8 uh, force cool. force damage from the attack. Nice. That's cool. So you just stacked up a bunch of spells, and that's you just standing there. First, this symbol appears on the creature that you guys have seen before when MZ put it on that gibbering mouth and it appears on its chest and looks down at it and suddenly this sort of purplish energy starts this astral energy starts glowing around the creature as it's looking at itself and it's looking at MZ with so much hate <laughs> it goes to it and you see it puts its hands together and its eyes glow a bit it leaps over Kalsar and Borodon and you see it do like it leaps up runs along the wall and then it jumps to attack MZ. Do they get attacks of opportunity? Yeah, I'll give Kelsar an attack of opportunity. But Bordon is not in that position too. I could cast a spell. But you can't do that for attack of opportunity. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh no, you don't! Ten total. Or, okay. no, eight total. So you swing and you almost hit him and it just slams into the wood. Blue flames lick out a little bit and you pull the sword away before you start a house fire. You see it just run along the walls and it jumps and MZ, what's your AC? <laughs> 15. I tried. <laughs> so you see it jumps at him and its tentacles are extended and it looks like it's bringing both of its hands down in this hammer. MZ, you reflexively bring up your arms. Suddenly you feel it, it's an incredibly weird feeling. It's similar to when you pull the blades out of your hands, but you see, just for a second, the blades go back into your arms, and you feel suddenly your arms tighten as its hands come down and slam onto your arms, and it feels like your arms are made out of stone, and it rears back. Oh, this is awesome. You now have the ability to control the blood in your arms to turn it into armor. It'll give you a plus two, and it's used as a reaction. So if I'm attacking you with someone, then you can say that you want to use that if I'm attacking you. Just like an attack of opportunity sort of thing. You can hold it for the one round, but if you want to hold it for longer, you're still holding blood in your body, so you take 1d6 of necrotic damage. Okay, that's cool. So if you want to keep holding it. But you can just let it go and it goes back to your swords, and you can use that three times per day. Okay. I'm gonna let go of it after this attack then. And your blades just come right back out, and you see your arms are perfectly fine. Sweet. This creature's looking at all of you, just these strange energies crackling all around you, Ronnie laying on the floor, Aaron screaming in his room, and just staring at all of you. The one blessed by blood. We will feast on him. You corrupt Far Realm warriors will not be able to stop us. We will wake him. Mother will be with him once more. And it goes to Borodon. Hell yeah. So... what Borodon, dust this bitch! So... <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll try to hit him with my Warhammer. So I'll use like a, use the Warhammer with my two hands. Okay, so I got 11. So you got a swing and he does this thing where he grabs onto the hammer on both sides like and continues with the trajectory that you were trying to do and just sort of like spins it away. 
you're still holding on to it, but he had complete control of that force. And it goes from Bordon to Kelsar. Is there any way I can attack him? Yeah, there's def there's now more room because he's now on the landing. So, Okay, so I'm going to roll to attack. Okay. Seven. Seven is a miss. There's a dice shop replay. So you swing, and when your blade is <laughs> coming towards him, he palms the pommel of your sword and what? it bumps it up and then he just like goes down pretty much doing the splits and your blade goes over him and he stands back up damn it from kelsar it goes to ronnie so ronnie this guy's right by you you're just on the ground at the moment all right like how close by me over top of me or like uh he's like five feet away like you could reasonably stand up and attack him all right uh yeah i guess i'll stand up and attack going for the ankles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're just, like, trying to pierce this through his Achilles heel. <laughs> like, a super intense... I'm hitting this one tiny part of his body <laughs> with my precision right. weapon. Yeah, with my rapier. Yeah. Oh, 20. That's a hit. Finally. Roll your damage. <laughs> I know, right? He's <laughs> been, like, three fights since I've hit anyone with anything. <laughs> I mean, you've used a lot of spells, yeah. but yeah, you don't really hit. You probably have, like, a strength bonus wow, on it. Oh, yeah, sorry, what's that go with? Strength modifier, if you have one. Oh, yeah, plus one, so eight. So you go, and you take your rapier, and you look at just his ankles. As he's moving around, he's really distracted with knocking away these weapons, and he's being very showy about it, which seems to be annoying you a little bit because you're the showy guy and you just go and you stab right at his ankle and to your surprise your rapier goes right through his heel and it pulls out and you see him suddenly falter a little bit and stumble as he looks back at ronnie and it goes to emzy so emzy this guy is in front of you in prime i'm gonna do multi-attack so the first one is 18 from That's a hit. And then my second attack would be five. So the second attack is a miss. My damage would be <laughs> all that, and I only did nine points of damage. Which is okay. That's exactly how much hit points he has. Seriously? Oh, really? I have been struggling yeah. with like a 17 like HP guy. He had 25 hit points. Oh, 25? Oh, okay. He's third level. So you go and you swing your first attack. He will say it's your short sword. He just sort of bats to the side. But your other comes in way too fast. It forms right out of your hand. You slice his head right off his body. And his body sort of staggers at first and it tries to grab onto you and just falls to the ground as this black blood leaks out. And the head has the tentacles flapping about a little bit. And then they just slow down and stop. What the fuck follows you guys, man? I have no idea. It's our lances, boys. Something more terrifying than any demon. Man, I thought my landlord was bad. Aren't they demons themselves? This is beyond anything, any normal demonic. This is this is something out of a nightmare. This is. I can't even begin to comprehend how far this. This whole this ladder goes. Kelsar and Borodon and MZ. Ronnie, you wouldn't know about this just from your upbringing. You all know the term Far Realm. Mm -hmm. You know that there is an edge to the known multiverse. 
and to go past that edge, well, as far as Bordon knows, to go past that edge, there's nothing. But what Kalsar and Emzy know is to go past that edge is when reality stops making sense. Physics is gone, colors are distorted, and it's where nightmares are born and come and it's older than time. And that term was used to describe you. They just, like, don't have a day when nothing happens, like a, a nice beach episode where they're all just hanging around the beach having a laugh. Maybe Ronnie buys some ice cream and accidentally drops it on Borodon's head or something, you know, something silly. It's always just so damn much is happening. Well, that's how it is in the life of Death Shift. They're pretty hardcore that way. I guess that's why they're so metal. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's tale. We met some wonderful people and lost them quite shortly after. And, oh, poor Aaron, I have to say. But join us next time in two weeks as we uncover the secrets of what's actually going on in Ronnie's mind. Just kidding. No one will ever be able to uncover that. But no, it's more stuff going on in Sanctuary and let's see what the hell they do with Aaron Bordeaux. If you wish to aid us in our everlasting conquest of the podcast realm, throw us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It would aid us greatly in getting the word out, and we truly appreciate it. If you wish to hear more of my thoughts streaming upon the Nethersphere, then join me on Twitter at Ballad7Dice. We look forward to seeing you again, Traveler, and I bid you adieu. Hey guys, do you want to hear some new and veteran-ish players as they dive into a completely homebrew world created by our talented DM Liam? Then join us for an old-school, authentic D&D experience as we focus on collaborative storytelling in an open world, allowing us, as players, to cause as much anxiety as possible for our DM. Catch us on most podcast platforms, visit our website, and come chat to us on social media. Modified Rule. Come and join the adventure.